0: Here's the backdrop or the setting for our study today as we begin this new series. Isaiah served as a prophet in Judah during the reigns of four kings. Uzziah, uh, who reigned from 783 to 742 BC. Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah. Though Uzziah's reign was prosperous and mostly peaceful... Later kings witnessed the seeds of danger arising as Assyria under the leadership of Tiglath-Tilesa III grew stronger and more influential. Isaiah recognized that God's people had sinned and were facing judgment from God, just like the northern kingdom, which had already fallen to Assyria in 722 BC. Isaiah preached that God would intervene and bring hope to his people. And our study today that begins today is focusing on that hope that Isaiah prophesied and preached that the people would receive. With that, let's look at uh, the first question on page 13. (coughs) When have you been surprised to find out a coincidence was actually planned all along? The question is not there. Uh, not that question. What question are you up?
1: When you shop for Christmas, do you start early with the list, or wait until Christmas? Well, let, let me
0: see if I have the right. <laughs> <laughs> let me see if I have the right book. All right. Okay. Let me see. This <laughs> must be you one. <laughs> No, I've seen it. <laughs> totally different. So different. Totally different. <laughs> well, how come I? No, what? happens is I get the. Uh, I normally get the digital. That's not
1: the one
0: you have. It's this one. As uh, I prophecy.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. None of that
2: book is not the same as this one. This is how outside. I want to. i am sorry, y'all I'm outside. outside, how I want
1: your outside
0: cover is not yeah, the same as this. Your outside
1: cover is not the same? No. no. Mm-hmm. And that's your dog, that's not the Remember we said the fingerprint? Yeah, the
0: yes, you finger did. Oh, yeah. 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 That's yeah. a yeah. Yeah.
1: print. That's probably a fingerprint for us. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. The Ronnie, I'll yeah. take your blame for that, too. <laughs> no, you, you don't have to take blame for that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think I've got the wrong book myself. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I've got the wrong guide. Okay. All right. Uh, question. <laughs> What's the question that you have? When you shop for
1: Christmas, do you start early
0: with the list or wait until Christmas Eve and bring it? Mm. Oh, okay, okay, okay. All right. All right, so let's answer that question. When you shop early for Christmas, do you. Make a list or you wing it. How many of you wing it? Nobody?
1: Depends on whether you were already done what you were supposed to do or, or <laughs> wait until the last minute. And then say you say wing you it. Much left. I should be winging it. I like a
0: bunch of mm. So we all make lists, right? We are budgeting people. We all make lists. If you don't make a list, you'll be in trouble, right? Okay. Let's look at um, Bible Meets Life. <coughs> Someone go ahead and read it, please.
1: When I took my son to their first NBA game, it was a game between the Dallas Mavericks, who were having a great season, and one of the worst teams in the league. However, that night, the Mavericks were not really well. Their coach, Don Nelson, was fed up with the mediocre efforts of his players. Mm. So when he disagreed for the call the referee made, he stepped on the court and screamed at the ref. The ref gave Coach Nelson a technical foul, but he kept screaming. Nelson received his second technical foul and was kicked out of the game. In a post-game interview, a reporter asked Coach Nelson about the technical fouls. Smiling, he insinuated he did it on purpose to fire up his team, and it worked. The Mavericks won. Something that appeared to be off the cuff was actually planned all along. Some coincidences are not coincidence at all. They were planned. Mm-hmm. The life and death of Jesus Christ were no mere afterthoughts of God. He planned them all along. The Old Testament is full of prophecies that point to the coming of Jesus Christ.
0: Okay, what is our uh, point?
1: The birth of Jesus was no mere circumstance. It was planned by God.
0: Okay, so God doesn't do anything by happenstance. No. And nothing catches him off God. Everything that God does is planned. And that's something we need to keep in mind. Um, because sometimes we think that, oh boy, I'm under the circumstances. Uh, if we belong to God, we're never under any circumstances. Because our steps are ordered by God. Now, if something goes wrong, it means that we have stepped out of line. Not God. Okay, let's look at the first paragraph that we have. The first passage. Isaiah 7, 10 to 14. Someone read that, please. the
2: Lord spoke again to Ahaz. Ask for a sign from the Lord your God. It can be as deep as Sheol or as high as heaven. But Ahaz replied, I will not ask. I will not test the Lord. Isaiah said, listen, house of David, is it not enough for you to try the patience of men? Will you also try the patience of my God? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. See, the virgin will conceive, have a son, and name him Emmanuel.
0: Okay, notice the three key words there uh, that are mentioned here. Uh, Ahaz, Sheol, and Emmanuel. Uh, the first one, Ahaz, what did he do? According to this definition, he practiced idolatry idolatry and did what? He trusted in
1: Syria rather than God.
0: He trusted in man rather than God. Uh, He trusted in in the government more than trusting in God in times of difficulty and challenges. And then Sheol, this place of what? The The death of the grave or or the grave of the underworld. Emmanuel, personal name for?
2: God God meaning us. what? With
0: us. God is with us. Do you believe that? Yes. God is always with us. He's ever present. Uh, fitting name for the one whom God brought, uh, brought into the world uh, to be the, the the propitiation for our sins. Okay, let's read the paragraphs that accompany those verses. Go ahead, Sister okay.
2: If God came to one of us and said, we could ask a sign, any sign, even a sign as steep as Sheol or as high as heaven, I wonder how we would respond. The Lord gave King Ahaz that opportunity but he wouldn't ask for a sign. Mm-hmm. Here was a king whose country was under attack and his people and his people were terrified. God offered to give Ahaz a sign that he was powerful to take care of the enemies Instead of trusting in God, Ahaz asked Assyria for help. Upon hearing King Ahaz's refusal to ask for a sign, Isaiah the prophet ordained his audience beyond the king. He told the whole faithless house of David that God would give a sign anyway. The house of David's wickedness had tested God's long-suffering patience but God has a sign for them. See, the virgin will conceive, have a son, and name him Emmanuel. Take yourself back to grammar class for a moment. Do you recall what a homonym is? It's each of two or more words that have the same spelling and pronunciation, but different meanings and origins. For example, the word crane can be a bird, a piece of equipment, or a way to move your neck. In a similar way, prophetic passages in scripture can have both an immediate meaning for the initial hearers and an added meaning for future generations. Isaiah 7.14 has just such a double meaning. 1. Initially, the prophecy was a word of comfort and hope to the original recipients of the prophecy. It is not clear who the woman and child were, but perhaps it was the child born in the king's house. The birth of this child was a reminder of God's prophecy and the comfort that God is with us. Second, The second meaning involves a prediction of the future virgin birth of Christ. Matthew quoted this prophecy word for word as he gave an account of Christ's birth. See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated, God is with us, Matthew 1.23. Historically, this phrase was intended to convince King Ahaz that God could rescue him from his enemies. Our sovereign God spoke something to encourage ancient Israel and inspire generations to come with the hope of the Messiah. Therefore, the ultimate fulfillment of this prophecy was in Jesus Christ, who is God with us. What captures our attention in this passage is that the Virgin will conceive. The virgin birth of Christ is an important truth. Jesus had to be one of us, human, to die in our place, but he couldn't offer the perfect sacrifice if he was like every other human with a sin nature. The virgin birth means Jesus had no human father. God is his father. Therefore, Jesus is fully man and he is fully God. God is with us.
0: Okay, very good. Notice the two points. That were mentioned there are points one and two. <clears throat> Initially the prophecy was a word of comfort and hope to the original recipients of the prophecy. And that's what God is all about. God is always, always, always about giving comfort and hope uh, to his people. We want to keep that in mind. And then the second meaning involves a prediction of the future virgin birth of Christ. And Matthew quoted this prophecy word for word as he gave an account of Christ's birth. Notice question number two. How does the truth that God is with us impact you? How does that truth impact us today? God is with us.
1: I think you feel you, you have hope in any situation. Okay. Whatever's going on, you have hope that
0: Things food. Okay, okay. <laughs> Hope is not lost. It
1: gives you peace and calm.
0: Okay. Okay. Peace and calm. We need that, don't we? Yeah. And we need it so more today than any at any other time. Notice what's happening around the world. Everything seems to be getting worse yeah. and worse. And fact the book of Revelation tells us that things will get worse and worse. Yes. And so if you're expecting things to get better, forget it. Yes. It's not gonna happen.
1: Right before it gets better.
0: And so if there's any time we need hope and comfort, isn't it right now? Yes. Right now we need it. Because things are getting worse. And things are happening in our world that we have never seen happen before. Yes. And it's and and, and they are they're unbelievable that people would actually do such things. You know, the Bible reminds us that man is made in the image and likeness of God, and when we when we when we hear about some of the things that humans are doing to other human beings, it's just unthinkable. It's unthinkable, unimaginable that a human being would do that to another human being, uh, and so things are getting worse and worse, and they're not going to get better. And so we need that comfort and hope. We need that. That assurance that God is always with us—that even, he he, and He says, "What did Jesus say? I will never." Now He could just say, "I'll never leave you," but He said, "I will also never forsake." What does it mean to forsake? He's
1: turn your back. back. Turn your
0: back. Huh? To completely
1: turn
0: your back. To completely turn your back. Ignore. Ignore. Forget about. Forget about you or view as insignificant? Jesus, I'll never do that. Never do that to you. Okay, next passage. Isaiah nine sixty-seven. Someone go ahead and read the verse please and the paragraphs. Before a child will be born for us, a son will be given to us, and the government will
2: be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. The dominion will be vast, and its prosperity will never end. He will reign on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish and sustain it with justice and righteousness from now on and forever. The seal of the Lord of armies will accomplish this. Mm-hmm. you want the keyword read? Right?
0: No, just go ahead to the okay. paragraph.
2: Isaiah gave us more insight into Jesus, the coming Messiah. He did this by offering hope to those facing evasions by the Assyrians. They may have been facing dark times, but a light has dawned Isaiah say unto, and this hope will come through a future king. The long-awaited Messiah has been given to us. A child will be born for us. A son will be given to us. And there is something wonderful about him. The government will be on his shoulders. We are familiar with that. the expression, he looks like he has the weight of the world on his shoulders. Many of us have known times when we felt as if we were carrying all the burdens of the world. Any such burden pales in comparison to the weight of ruling and watching over people. Christ will carry the responsibility of governing. Governing. This statement implies that this son will be the royal son of King David with rights to the Davidic throne. This means we don't have to carry the weight of the world on our shoulders anymore. It's not God's plan that we walk around burdened by the anxieties of life. Instead, Christ will take care of governing the world and ruling our lives. We can't handle the weight and burden, but Christ can. Isaiah used four terms to describe the Messiah. These terms capture both his character and his actions. Number one, wonderful counselor. As wonderful counsellor, he has the wisdom to rule effectively. Messiah's wisdom is in stark contrast to Ahaz, king at the time this prophecy was given, who ruled his kingdom foolishly. 2. Mighty God Mighty means impressive in power, strength, and size. The Messiah will have all the power to execute his wise plans. This term also emphasizes his divine power as a warrior. The Messiah will accomplish all the military exploits previously mentioned in Isaiah 9, 3 to 5. Number three, Eternal Father. The title Eternal Father describes the Messiah's relationship to time, not his relationship to the other members of the Trinity messiah said to be everlasting just as god the father was described as the ancient of days daniel 7 9 13 the hebrew could be literally rendered father of eternity in hebrew the word father carries the idea originator or source the messiah will be an an enduring and eternal provider and protector if you want anything eternal you must get it from jesus christ Amen. <laughs> number four prince of peace technically a prince is the son of a monarch jesus is of course the son of the one true god how will he bring peace the messiah will bring wholeness and general well-being to individuals and to society the messiah will set people's warriors at rest by forgiving their sins God's peace is the inner spiritual harmony we experience by being rightly related to God we can take great comfort in the fact that Christ will keep us in perfect peace
0: okay now notice um, the question number three which of these names of Jesus mean the most to you you get four names here described in detail. Which one of these four mean the most to you? Out of all the four, which one stands out the most to you? Hmm?
2: eternal father.
0: Eternal father, why? Well,
2: it makes me feel like he will he always will be there for me.
0: He will always be there. We live in a time when there are absentee fathers, aren't there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And fathers who don't care and they don't check and whatever. Okay, so that's a good one. Reminds us that he is always there. He's an eternal father. Who else?
1: Mighty, mighty God.
0: Mighty God. Why?
1: Because I mean, he's able to do anything and everything, and he's all power, all strength. He's just you know, he's better than anything
0: else. What does a child think of their father?
1: they're the greatest
0: they're the greatest they can do anything right. right my dad can do this and my dad can do that and so it's good to think of him as mighty God it means that he can do he can do more than I can imagine okay who else prince of, peace. prince of peace why okay no matter how much all hell is breaking loose around you you can have peace because he is the prince of peace Anybody else? Messiah
2: said. Messiah said. Okay. Prophet
0: is prophesied. They would come and learn with people Israel and build their
1: promise.
0: Okay. Anybody else? Which one of these words means the most to you? Of the four? around I might be wrong on this. I believe all the four combines as one. Of course, it's all of the Bible and the Bible. Of course. But for some of us, one of them stand out above the all the others. I mean we are we you know we, we accept all of them, but for us, like some of us have said, for us he means more this one means more to me, this one stands out more than the other. But all are equally as important. Okay, let's look at our time is wrapping up rapidly going here. Let's look at the other passage we have, uh, the final one, Isaiah eleven one to five. Someone want to read that?
2: Then a shoot will break from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, a spirit of wisdom and understanding, a spirit of counsel and strength, a spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. His delight will be in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes. He will not execute justice by what he hears with his ears. But he will judge the poor righteously and execute justice for the oppressed of the land. He will strike the land with a scepter from his mouth and he will kill the wicked with a command from his lips. Righteousness will be a belt around his hips will be a belt around his waist. Hurricane Irma was a devastating storm to Florida and the Caribbean islands. Although we were spared major damage where I live in central Florida, many trees came down. We had a lot of bush, trees, and small branches to clean up. What had been grand and glorious looked rather insignificant as it lay on the ground. That's not far from the imaginary Isaiah use in this passage about the Messiah. In fact, at first glance, verse, I guess, well, verse 1 doesn't sound like the Messiah comes from very strong stock. Mm. A shoot will grow from the stump of Jesse. A shoot was a small reed, just a twig. And, of course, a stump implies that the dead tree had been cut down. Essentially, this verse teaches us that the line of David was on its way out until the Messiah was born. The Assyrians had all but destroyed the kingdom of Judah, but it was the Babylonians who brought Judah to a land in 587 BC. David's dynasty appeared as decriminated
0: with, Decimated. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Mm. Decimated.
2: That's the Assyrian army at that point. Mm. Judah's dynasty was not the only tree cut down. Earlier, Isaiah prophesied that even mighty Assyria would be cut down. The difference was that although Judah was left as a mere stump, The Messiah would spring up as a fruitful shoot from that stump. Isaiah looked beyond his people's trials to the glorious kingdom that would be established when the Messiah, the tender shoot from a seemingly dead stump, came to reign.
0: Okay. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Isaiah showed us three significant characteristics of the Messiah. One, he rules by the spirit of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord came upon David when he was anointed king, according to 1 Samuel 16, 13. In the same way, God's Spirit would rest on the Messiah who would rule the world. God's Spirit would endow the Messiah with an, with all the wisdom needed to carry out his calling. The Spirit imparted qualities of wisdom, understanding, and the fear of God to enable him to rule effectively. <laughs> Secondly, he judges rightly. The Messiah would not judge merely by what he sees and hears. These are typical ways for a king to gain information to help him lead. But the future Messiah would have supernatural means and perception to execute justice for the oppressed. And then thirdly, he wears a belt of righteousness. When a man prepared for vigorous action, he tied up his loose flowing garments with a belt. The belt held everything in place. In a similar sense, the Messiah's righteousness holds all Messiah's other qualities in place. His righteousness means he is sinless, which is the main qualification for being our Savior. We can aim for righteousness and try to do it, do the right thing, but we are marred by the struggle of sin. But Christ's life and actions are held together by a belt of righteousness. Everything Christ does is is right true and just when we trust in christ the messiah he gives his righteousness to us though the one man's obedience through the one man's obedience many will be made righteous romans five nineteen. by his grace we take on the righteousness of the messiah isn't that fantastic yes. You know, you know, I know we don't feel righteous all the time, do we? No. We don't. But Christ's righteousness was imparted to us. God sees us as righteous through the Lord Jesus Christ, regardless of how we feel. Regardless of how unrighteous we feel. Because that's, a, that's the scheme of the devil to make us feel unworthy uh, all the time. Okay, question number four. How do we see Jesus fulfilling this prophecy in the gospel? Anyone? How do we see Jesus fulfilling this prophecy in the gospels? That is the prophecy mentioned in Isaiah 11. Mm? Through, through his lineage but also he did everything that they said he would be that's right true to every word
1: and they said Jesse, and he's, he's the son of Jesse
0: and he's he's son of Jesse remember when, the, when he was crucified as far as the Roman empire was concerned that was it we got rid of this troublemaker okay uh, but uh, the bible tells us that that was not so okay uh, we have one more question five How do all these verses help you understand that the birth of Jesus was planned by God and not just a mere coincidence? I think they told you, you
1: were told about
0: it in the Old Testament, which was written a long time ago, and then you saw it happen in the New Testament. God told of the events long before they transpired. Okay, last, uh, live it out, page 23. The birth of Jesus was all part of God's plan for him to bring us salvation and righteousness. How will we actively trust the sovereign plan of God this week? Consider the following suggestions. We have three of them. Praise, give, and share. Praise. God was intricately, God has intricately planned the glorious act of salvation. Praise God for providing salvation to you. Thank him. For putting his perfect plan in place so long ago to save you okay so that's a praise god's plan was intricately planned no flaws or defects no mistakes and then give many people live in areas where they have never heard the name of jesus your church likely has a special offering at this time of year to help take the message of the Messiah to the nations give to this special missions offering and invest in the lives of others who need Christ and I'm sure you've all heard the story of the missionary who recently who went to that isolated island to minister to the Indians and they killed him yeah. what does it remind you of Jim Elliot right yeah. but you know he was determined to go he knew what might have happened to him but he knew that those people needed the word they needed the Lord and so he was desirous of of, of going. That that praise uh, brought that story to mind. And then share. Ask God for the opportunity to share the good news of the Messiah with someone this week. God will supply wisdom, compassion, courage, and words if you are sensitive and obedient to Him. Now here's another good one what better gift could you give this year than the message of God's good news that will bring a person new life eternal in Christ I'm all for number three how about you Mm -hmm. but we have three options there praise, give and share and I trust that we will ask the Lord to lead us in how we make that decision Amen? Amen